Hey, are you looking to upgrade your key life areas and evolve to a higher level of existence? To practically harness personal growth and spirituality in a crazy, busy, imperfect world? Then you've come to the right place. My name is Prash and this is Urban Spirituality, the show which uniquely fuses ancient wisdom with contemporary self-growth and spiritual disciplines to deliver value-added tools, traits, and insights to help you unleash your fullest potential. We always keep it real, featuring authentic, unfiltered dialogue with guests from diverse backgrounds to inspire, entertain, and enlighten all who listen. So get ready for your dose of urban spirituality. Be present and let's dive in. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Urban Spirituality Podcast with your host Prash. And I am delighted to be back. And you know, every once in a while, you get a guest who's experienced something quite mystical, something quite profound. And you know that we like to go into that edgy spiritual territory and that kind of metaphysical realm where we can go and start uncovering the secrets of the universe, recognizing the truth that lies within us, answer all the questions that Captain Kirk and Spock went out in space to get, all those cool things. Well, I feel really happy because I have somebody who is playing a part in unlocking some of those mysteries in her own small but powerful way. Our special guest today has secretly been living with chronic sleep paralysis for over three decades. She has had to break her silence about this struggle with this phenomenon, which impacts so many people around the world, but it is not spoken about. In many cultures, it is considered highly taboo. And maybe some of you who are watching and, and tuning into this will know somebody who suffers from sleep paralysis. And we'll discuss definitions as we go along. However, having overcome her own sleep paralysis, the experience has brought about a deeply personal spiritual transformation and spiritual and psychic gifts. She has emerged stronger with continuously unfolding spiritual abilities. And this for me is magical. She's currently working on two books where she shares her methods and the ways and the techniques she's used to transform her own life. She's growing an online platform with so many people coming out from countries around the world, expressing and resonating with their own sleep challenges and their own gifts that they're discovering by embracing fear and not running away from it. She's also at the forefront of this field and she's a champion for people with these difficulties and she's there for people in their time of spiritual and personal needs. She's expanding her brand. She's authoring. She was from South London, but she travels the world. I can say so much more, but I'm going to let her say it. Please show your respects for the wonderful Sheila Price Brooks. Sheila, welcome. Thank you, Prash. Thank you. That was wonderful. You're welcome. Sheila, it's great to have you on the show. I know that you spend time between the UK and the West Indies and other places when you're on travels and obviously your upcoming book tours. So yes. let me ask you first, straight off the bat, what the heck is sleep paralysis? Share a few definitions and some context for our listeners and viewers, would you? Okay, well, um, let me just say that I think for it took me a long time to find out what sleep paralysis was. I, I had never heard of it before um, as a concept, as an idea. No one had ever spoken about it. I think um, 
way back then it was just the fact that I was having tormented sleep and didn't really know what to do about it um but for me and also for a lot of lot of other people sleep paralysis is where you you go to sleep like any normal person any normal night and at some point during your sleep you you, you wake up you're still sleeping but you wake up it, it could be likened to having a dream but when you wake up you wake up in darkness you feel a sense of foreboding. You can't see what's around you, but you feel as though people, things, something is there watching you and is around you. There are times when you may feel a pressure, a weight on your chest. This is whilst you're still in bed. And remember, you're sleeping here, but you feel the weight on your chest and that alone frightens you. You're gripped by the panic and the fear because you're thinking, well, let me wake up. This is a dream. This is some kind of a nightmare. But you find that you're frozen. You can't move. Your arms and legs, uh, you, you have no power, no ability to move them. You're literally paralyzed. Somehow you may try to move a, a little finger or toe or an eyelid or something, and it, it seems to to, to break it, whatever it is, and then you wake up. You wake up looking around, trying to kind of get your bearings. I think, of course, you're saying, you know, what the heck just happened? What was that? Because you're very much aware that it wasn't a dream, it wasn't a nightmare, but at the same time, you were sleeping. So, rationally, you know, how do you kind of how do you how how do you make sense of that you know um that in itself is sleep paralysis and i think that uh, a lot of people share the same kind of experience um for some persons it's just something that happens really once in a while for me it was maybe two three times a week for me it got to the point where um i didn't want to sleep i was scared to sleep I mean, and I've always had fairly professional jobs. I was, I was a wreck. I was tired, constantly tired, you know? And the thing is, is, is that it's not something that you can share with anyone. I mean, you don't go to work and say, you know, I had one of them kind of demon nights last night. I mean, you don't do that, do you? Um, but, you know, I would be tired. I couldn't concentrate, lose focus. And it was the... I think it was the constant fear that is it going to happen again if I fall asleep, you know, um, and therefore trying different rem remedies, different solutions, different ways to try and not let it happen again. And these were very much home remedies and, and things that I thought I could do to prevent, to prevent it happening again. You know, I did go to see the doctors at one point. Um, and I did share it with a friend, actually, um, as well. And, the, and both of them said, you know, you're just tired, Sheila, get some sleep, which is really ironic, you know, for them to tell me to get some sleep. Um, and, and, and also they said maybe I was just stressed, overworked, that kind of thing, and that why, that's why it was happening. Um, the, the support was very little very very little 
I went to the bookstores, looked for books on it, couldn't find anything. I searched the internet. I think the most I found on the internet were horror stories, stories where people were sharing their experiences. Um, and that kind of just brought back the horror of it for me. So it wasn't very helpful. Um, I tried lots of different things, Prash, um, over the years, many, many things from um, sleeping at different times of the day or the night, staying up as late as possible, you know, setting the alarm so I'd maybe sleep for an hour at a time, um, sleeping in different rooms, sleeping in different beds, sleeping in different positions, sleeping with different sheets, um, candles, different um different oils in the room bibles thinking that it was evil spirits and demons that were coming for me well actually let me just um replay on that for a moment i know from you know my own journeys that firstly i've experienced that so i want to share that with with our audiences i have experienced this on more than more than just a handful of occasions over the years I have experienced it plenty of times. Um, and it, it is almost exactly as you describe it. You're unable to move your throat, maybe choked. So you can't utter you, your vocal cords aren't operating. Your trachea is constricted. Your fingers don't move and you really feel that there's a weight. And it's funny that you say that, you know, people refer to it as some sort of terror. I mean, another name for it is the night terrors. It's referred to as night terrors, terror in the night. There's an old, many of you may not know there's an English um, word called a hag. Um, they refer to certain people as an old hag. It may be an old, it's a, it's a derogatory term for somebody who's old. Um, people thought it would come from more kind of the old kind of witchcraft times. And that phrase, the old hag was a reference to what people perceived to be sitting on top of them during that sleep paralysis, that it was the old hag who had come to visit upon them and they were stuck. And then you get other stories from other cultures, of course, of, um, of entities, higher entities, or let's say harmful entities coming to enjoy, take pleasure from your body, uh, concubine, succubine, you hear about these terms, succubines rather, coming to enjoy you and they paralyze you and then they enjoy you sexually, almost like a psychic rape. And I guess what I'm trying to get at is there are so many different connotations and taboos around this subject. And let me ask you this. Why do you think in all your years of research in the area, why do you think in, in just there is such taboo around the subject and so many people you find are not willing to even open up that they're experiencing this at night. I think that um, the taboo is really related to the spiritual, non-physical side of it. Um, the fact that, I mean, a lot of, a lot of society, I mean, what we're aware of is heaven and hell. God and the devil. The devil has demons, the devil and hell. And I think that um, to some extent, sleep paralysis is relatable to demons and the devil. And to some extent, um, the, the things that are seen when you experience sleep, sleep paralysis can be likened to demons and the devil and they're around you and they're watching you. 
So therefore, it's quite difficult to relate something like that to colleagues, to friends and families, to say that you have this around you. I think also what's important is that it's something that we know very little about in terms of spiritual um, spiritual management and how to control that. So therefore, if if it is let let let's say, um, and I and I don't necessarily believe it in this way, but but let's say that there are demons and devils who. Um, come out at night time and are attaching themselves somehow to me my friends and family would be very wary of me you know thinking that uh, it's almost like I'll have some kind of a plague or or, or something because they don't want it to no, affect, uh, them, affect them yeah because and and the worst thing is is how do you get rid of it I mean it's not something that you can go to the doctors about really no you know? and, and and it's not to be taken lightly because a couple of hundred years ago only in, for example, post-Civil War America, people were ostracized from society or punished at worst for even having sleep paralysis because they were regarded as people who were evil and therefore they were getting these visitations. You were actually cast out for even admitting to having this. And yet, you know, obviously modern science now and modern medical and psychological um, views on it provide a much more amiable, rational framework for us to understand these in a much more um, empathetic way. And so, you know, there is a deep understanding for it, but I don't want to go down the medical route here and we'll come back to some sleep strategies from yourself later on. Um, and things that people can do. But what I'm more curious about here is the special journey that you've been on since you've experienced them, because you're not somebody, unlike many people who experience sleep paralysis, deal with it in some kind of way, or learn to live with it and leave it at that. You've actually found it to be a gateway for something a lot more sublimer, a lot more insightful. And I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Um, well, I can say quite happily that I've been free of sleep paralysis now for maybe just over a year. Okay. Yeah. Right. So um, I haven't I haven't had any um, any of those experiences as they were before or as we've described. I have noticed a a, a, a very dramatic shift, though. I wouldn't say that things are. Uh, normal in the as normal as they can be i.e that you go to sleep and you have a little dream maybe that you don't remember and you wake up and it's all hunky-dory I wouldn't say that that's what I'm experiencing now I'm it's almost as though the sleep paralysis has transitioned into something else which is why uh, the gateway that you mentioned is 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 a is a is a good way of explaining what's what i feel has happened to me it's almost as though the sleep paralysis has opened the door to um another dimension another another world so to speak you know that is a non-physical world that is energy based um and that is full full of gifts and surprises and excitements you know um, I know that 
I, I mean, I did do various practices and um, did various things. I mean, I didn't just wake up without sleep paralysis one day. You know, I had, I had made a conscious decision that I didn't want this anymore. I, I, I did do that. And I said, okay, I'm going to try this. And by doing it, it worked. It worked for me. And which is why I can say that I haven't had an episode uh, for over a year now. But um, in terms of the gateway now, I have more clearer understanding of the experience and that the experience is very much energy-based on a spiritual level. And there's something, the core part of it, I think, Prash, is the fear that we associate with sleep paralysis, and that for hundreds, if not thousands of years, it's been perceived negatively, and it's, it's developed this fear-based kind of emotion, just the very, just to talk about sleep paralysis, it conjures those images and you kind of feel, oh my gosh, I don't really keep that away from me. I really don't want to get involved in that. Um, whereas it, it's, it's simply the fact that we don't understand it, we reject it, um, we don't acknowledge it, but really there's something a lot deeper going on, Prash. Not everyone experiences sleep paralysis. It's the very few who experience sleep paralysis, you know. Those who experience sleep paralysis have a unique acuity to spiritual engagement. Yes, to spiritual engagement. And therefore, they are more attuned to be able to align spiritually with what's going on. And by spiritually, I'm talking about the the energy that we all possess. I mean, whatever you want to call it. Mm. But we are all energetic beings, you know? Yes, sorry, you were saying. No, that, that, and that's profound. I mean, we're all energetic beings. Uh, recently at a talk, I was describing exactly that to a room full of people, reminding them that they are more than this body, that we are not. And a lot of people think, strangely, but a lot of people think that they are their minds, that we are our thoughts, we are our mind. But yet we're not. We are the possessor of our thoughts. We are the possessor of our mind. And that is a vehicle that's often used in psychology, um, at least in spiritual psychology and metaphysics, to help to extricate somebody's addictions and concerns and problems from their true nature by helping them to gain an outsider's perspective. The moment they recognize that they are not their thoughts, that they are the thinker of their thoughts, there is a profound liberation, a weight is lifted off their shoulders that this is a transient, transitionary thing that will just pass and I will persist, I will live beyond this. And that speaks to the fact that we are spiritual, energetic beings. We have no beginning, we know, have no end. We happen to be encased in this vehicle which may be of black, white, you know, yellow, whatever skin color, whatever country origin. We happen to be encased in a vehicle, but we are actually spiritual beings. And knowing that, what sort of realizations dawned upon you during that sort of gateway and that encounter through those encounters? I think it's, I mean, I've been left with a, a clear knowing of things and, um, Sometimes there are things um, that I know about in terms of information. I'll suddenly say, oh, how did I know that? But I knew it. 
or there might be um, something that I know in a precognitive kind of way that is that is about to happen or it might be this this firm knowing um, in a factual way um, it, 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 you could liken it to your intuition telling you something and you just know that that's how it is you know um, and I think one of the things that I do know is is what you just said yes we are energy spiritual energy but that there is also that spiritual energy all around us that much yes. I know it's all around us mm -hmm. it's there for us and we can tap into it for our benefit that much I do know you know um, and that's that that's part of what I've learned through the gateway and so it's almost as though when you sleep you're able to access more easily on a spiritual level the energy that's around us and engage with it yes okay so let me ask you about your realization on fear clearly one big thing that you've learned it, it sleep paralysis for you has been a powerful vehicle in order to confront fears um, and i'm curious to know a little bit about that that is how has that sleep paralysis or how how has that how have those experiences reshaped your fear of the dark and your fear of other things in life how have your fears mitigated or been affected by those experiences i think um fear is perception based so hmm. it's it's how you perceive things right. you know for a long time i think i said earlier that that sleep paralysis has been perceived negatively as mm -hmm. something so therefore that's the expectation so so it's almost as though what you perceive that's how you expect it to be you know um for the for, for, for fear again i'm very much conscious that it's it's it, it really doesn't exist fear apart from in your mind and once you can control that once you can dismiss that then the fear just evaporates it's just it's it's not Tan, it's not tangible you know it's not something that can cause you any harm unless you allow it to do so you know unless you let it in the fear because it's something that you're perceiving you are constructing it for yourself and it's really it's almost unnecessary because mm. there's no need to do it and put yourself through all of that you know so I'm, I'm now learning to that the moment I'm feeling fearful or anxious mm -hmm. is, is self-help methods to calm myself down, Aye. to relax, and to know that um, it's, it's, manage, it's definitely manageable, mm. you know, and I think it's to be confronted. It's to be confronted and overcome. It reminds me of um, a famous acronym for fear, right? You may have heard that one false evidence appearing as real <laughs> i haven't but it's good take that you can use that one <laughs> Thanks, appearing as real. <laughs> yeah. yes yeah um, yeah I that. yeah so and I, I you know one of my friends often said that and i think there's a lot to be said that it is perception based so let me ask you this for people who are struggling in the dark people who are afraid of the dark and by the dark i don't just necessarily mean 
afraid of sleeping at night because of darkness, but who are afraid of, afraid of darkness in their life. Maybe darkness through other people. Maybe the darkness of the shadows cast by their unhappy job, an unhappy relationship, or a difficult time with their health. What perceptions or insights could you offer or would like to share with audiences that could help them to reshape or reframe how they can overcome that darkness or encounter it? Well, darkness is an absence of light, which means that there is always light. There is always hope. You know, there are always um, options, choices, opportunities, possibilities, potential, you know. I think that we can make choices. We do need to take, there's, there's somewhere at some point a need to take responsibility for where you are. But recognize that where you are doesn't need to always be the same. You can make choices, you know, you can choose to be somewhere different, to do something different, to be with somebody different, you know. Um, and again, there is nothing to fear because there is always the light and therefore there is always hope, you know. I think that we mustn't be afraid of change that we must be prepared to embrace change as something positive. I think that um, we are here in this physical body, on this earth, to grow, to learn, to develop, to, to expand. And um, in that, that means um, being, being prepared to experience new things, to do different things, to um, have different types of fun and laughter to meet new people to travel to new places i think that's all part of we we all have the potential to do that and we all have the capabilities to do that to to grow and to change and to expand i think that there is it's not necessary there is no need to stay in the dark why keep oneself in the dark you know when there is so much light all around that one can engage in you just need to make the choice you just need to say well in a very real way this is where i am at now and this isn't where i'm going to stay you know and it's constructive and it's positive and it's so enlightening and once you've done it you know the the joy and the sense of worthiness, you know, that you then feel when you've made that step. It could be something small, you know, or it could be a significant life change. But whatever it, whatever it is, it's very empowering. And it makes you feel so self-fulfilled when you've done it, you know. And it makes you feel like you can change and do anything, anything you want. I mean, we all have one life to live I mean that's something we all have in common so I'm always one for saying why not why not make the most of it mm -hmm. why not try and reach your potential you know why not experience well, and do different things well let me be devil's advocate one big reason why we don't achieve our potential I think for a lot of people is fear of failure okay yeah yeah that's a big one fear of failure fear of being judged fear of being ostracized or cast out 
or laughed at or cut away or distanced from people. What would you say to that? What would the Sonia who's, who's what would the Sheila? Who's, <laughs> you know, Sheila, Sorry. I know Sorry. we did this before our interview, right? So, yes, <laughs> those of you who are tuned in, um, the backstory is I had the pleasure of interviewing the wonderful Sonia Dubell, a celebrity yoga teacher. She's been with Richard Branson on Necker Island. She, uh, she's taught Hollywood celebrities. And I was just working on her episode on the edits recently. So Sonia has been on my mind. So Sheila, please forgive <laughs> me. Sheila, what would the Sheila of today say to that, what, that people it's not that people don't want to aspire and reach for their objectives. It's not that they want to better themselves. It's those fears of failure, fears of fear, fears of being judged. And the aforementioned, what would the Sheila of today say uh, through the accrued wisdom? Well, all of those things that you've mentioned, Prash, are all external. They're all based on other people's views and opinions, you know, fear of being judged by whom? by friends, family, I don't know, whoever. But it's, it's all external to you. Fear of failure. Failure in whose eyes? Again, friends and family and whoever. Again, it's, again, it's external to you. So to some extent, you're letting other people's views and opinions shape your life. You know, people are very fickle. People are very judgmental. What they want today, they don't want tomorrow. People are also very forgetful. They are very forgetful. They forget they didn't like this. Uh, And they like it today. Yeah, and maybe here's something to comfort people. Um, And I often remind myself, Bill Clinton, right? Those of you who are old enough to remember when he was. I remember Bill. (laughs) Right? What did the man do, right? The Lewinsky, Lewinsky scandal, right? Uh, the man had an indiscreet episode on more than one occasion and got caught with his pants down, literally, in the White House. It was a worldwide scandal. But guess what? Fast forward a year, maybe 18 months, it's all forgotten. Water under the bridge. The guy's loved more now. as He's one of the most loved ex-American presidents out there. They completely forgot. You know, the guy publicly apologized, did this, did that. People forget. People think, you know, I think that's another big thing, Sonia. People forget. You know, we can take that as a comfort. We should use that to our advantage. You know what? If I screw up, so what? Like you say, people forget. And you know, those who are your friends or your family, they those who care for you. Yeah, they'll see you screw up and they'll be sticking around to help you pick up the pieces. They'll be there. When the dust settles, they'll be the ones who are there. If they're not there, hey, they didn't matter. That's it. That's it, exactly. That's it. And that's the attitude really Mm. to have, I think, going forward. Mm -hmm. You know, don't be bound by other other people, other things. You you know, have have confidence in yourself and your own judgment and things that you want to do to make you happy. I mean, it's your life after all, isn't it? It's not somebody else's. So it's yours to do with what you want. And so if you want to do something, go for it. Go for it. You know, don't worry about the peanut gallery. (laughs) Well, let me ask you that. What has been one of your most empowering ways to reclaim that personal power? The ways to do it. 
Oh, I mean, I, I, I live it every day, you know, I mean, that's one of my kind of guiding principles and not, and, and it's not that I'm selfish. It's just that I, I, I think of myself and I think, what do I want to do? You know, what will make me happy? What do I choose? You know, um, because if I don't do that, other people will do that and I will be at liberty to them. So I do frame it that I do. Yeah, I do frame it. I do frame it that way. Choice. Know? I like that. You've injected it's, choice into it, right? You choose. Well, it's always a choice. You that's can right. be this way. You can choose to be that way. It's still a choice. You may not like that thing that's scaring you, but it's a choice. Yeah. Yeah. And I think right. that we forget that. Yeah. Nice. Real nice. That, that, and, and I think just recognizing and reminding yourself that you have that choice automatically invokes that personal power again you know it's taking back that control that you have of the situation right victor frankl right he couldn't change the fact that he was in a concentration camp he couldn't change that but he was able to change how he perceived the torture that was happening he was able to reframe what it meant for him for his family and he was able to not only that but he went one step further and trained his son and his wife by his own example how to deal in those scenarios so that they were able to live and thrive after those terrible episodes and it all came down to what he said is choice you have that choice that's right that's right and i think um we we do forget that and we some we do need to recognize that that we don't have to be victims you know we can choose otherwise and choose to be free and i think that's also part of my mission and my message is to free persons from this sense of victimhood, this sense of being subdued and, and having to accept um, what's being put on us when you do have a choice in all things. So you could say, if I may paraphrase, that your mission that you have chosen, at least part, one big part of your mission is to help people to open their eyes so to speak to the light yeah though they may be in the dark though they may sleep in the dark though they may have sleep paralysis or may not both those classes of people have the need to open their eyes and embrace the light in order to overcome the darkness that persists in their life through fear and through other negative things that's exactly it that is, that is wonderful. That is exactly it. Yes. We'll just have to capture that one, uh, Sheila, and uh, <laughs> I'll send it to you to include in okay. the preface of your book. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mission. <laughs> on, on the back cover, right? Yes. Uh, tell us what, what's on your radar. I mean, we've just touched on it there, but what, what's on your radar? What's coming up on your radar? We've got books. I mean, what's on the horizon for this year and into 2020, Sheila? Okay, well, I've, um, I'm working on my book, which should be yeah. out, uh, hopefully for Christmas, which is called Beyond the Nightmare, which Beyond is focused on sleep paralysis and overcoming it. So it's packed with ideas and suggestions and ways that you can work to relieve yourself of sleep paralysis. It's also quite informative. So if you want information about sleep paralysis or to, to help friends or family, and that's the book for you. So it will be available Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, you know, the, the usual uh, book, book seller places. I've also been asked to um, work alongside another author on another book. 
um, that book is coming out in October. Now, October is the key date because it's available free on PDF for just for a couple of weeks in October. Mm -hmm. So if you'd like to get the PDF of that, then I'll need a, you'd need to send me your email address and I'll add you to the mailing list. And what's that. that book called, Sonia? So that's yeah. a health and well, that's it. <laughs> I'll get it. I'll get there, Hugh. I'll You'll get there. <laughs> Okay. Um, that called, the, the one that so that's a, it's organic health and wellness. It's called. And yes, wellness. and it's filled with lots of ideas and suggestions for your general health and well-being. Okay, um, so that's two books on the horizon, and I know so that's that obviously. Two books. And we talked about the speaking tour that will come accompany the launch of your own book, of course, Sheila, and that'll take you. Be, you know uh, internationally of course so that'll be yes. something i'm sure that you're excited about and i am very that much will come. so very much so i, I yes, look forward i'm looking forward to, i'm looking forward to that and i'm that. looking forward to be invited to the jamaica <laughs> <laughs> no you know i gotta be there for that for sure fresh <laughs> okay if it combines yes. with the jazz festival out there in negro hey i'm cool <laughs> That's okay. That's okay by me. I'll check the dates and see check what I can do. Yeah. Work yes. it, work it um, <laughs> all right. So um, a couple of, you've shared a few tips already um, throughout this beautiful interview, but what last, leave, last few tips would you care to share with the audience around this area of sleep paralysis? If somebody's having it or having something of a similar nature, maybe even they're not having that with the restless nights, is there anything you'd like to share um, further? As I think that um, I understand very much about, for anyone that's experiencing sleep paralysis, what you're going through. And I know that when we say not to be afraid, it's a mighty jump from where you are to suddenly, you know, yeah. It, the, the, the distance is very wide. Yeah. You know, if one moment somebody is filled with fear of sleeping and then you say, don't be afraid, it's, 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 it's a big yeah. gap, mm -hmm. you know? But, but I, would, I would say that it's very important to start to think that this is something that can be overcome, that this is something not to be, not to be feared, you know? And mm -hmm. that... And, and, and that there is a need maybe to perceive it different. I think just by having that intention starts the shift, starts the movement away from that nice. fear. That's deep. Root, that's intention. Deep root, that's powerful. You know? Setting the intention. That's right. That's right. Set that, set that intention and set it regularly. You know, um, I would say try and, um, I mean, I meditate regularly, regularly, you know, um, and I would say try and incorporate that into your life. It will, it will definitely help with clarity and that engagement. It will make it a, a, a lot smoother. Mm. I mean, obviously sleep paralysis isn't something that will be gone overnight. It phases itself out. It will transition right. out, but you should also look out for other other hints or signs of some kind of spiritual awakening amidst all of what's going on, you know, and listen to your intuition and listen to yourself as well. You know, I think that's, I think that's very helpful. I know that those of you who are kind of more in connection with your higher self, those who feel that you're connected with something higher, mm. often said in spiritual circles that you can reach out to your guides. Everybody has a guide, a spirit guide. People have, um, higher energetic beings, according to the ancient teachings 
from all traditions that there are higher beings. I think most traditions acknowledge that there are higher beings looking after mm. uh, people in at least the human form of life, certainly. And you could reach out to those spirit guides. You may not know who they are, but you can just put an intention out that if you're out there, spirit guides help to protect my sleep and help me to get the most out of my nighttime journeys. Um, I mean, that that can go into a whole other conversation about astral travel, how the cord between the soul and the conscious, how between the consciousness and the body can be, uh, can be uh, uh, extracted and then how the soul can travel in its astral body at night. But that's going into a whole other conversation. Um, And I don't want to finish this episode without a few rapid fire questions for you, Sheila. <laughs> we're going to be completely unprepared for just okay <laughs> all right then i'm ready right rapid fire real quick short sharp answers if you could live anywhere in the world where would it be and why jamaica okay enough said nice. you don't even have to explain <laughs> that. You have to explain that one right. <laughs> enough said all right what key book or two books would you want to have with you if you were stranded somewhere for a long time in some island uh, i could never answer that just like that what comes to oh you? my gosh there were just some there were just so many books so many books which would you take oh. if you were you were on that place next month if i was there next month oh gosh there were just too many, Prash. Give me one. I'm an Give avid. One. I'm, I'm just an. I'm just an avid reader. So you are. Give me one that's that's stuck on your mind recently. Okay, there was a Nelson Mandela book, his autobiography. I've read mm. that recently, and uh, that was an amazing book. Um, oh gosh, there's just too many, Prash. All right, let me. Let, let me ask you this. If you could have any superpower that you were granted, right? You could be a superhero for a day. What superpower would you want and what would you do with it? What would I do with it? Yeah. What superpower would you want and what would you do with it? <sighs> um, oh gosh, to be invisible perhaps. Mm-hmm. Or or to read people's minds. Okay. Yes, read I'd like to minds. read people's minds. And what would you do with that? Um, <laughs> uh, what would I do with it? I'd be able to um, know what everyone is thinking. And it would be good if... No, no, no. It would just be good to know what people are thinking. To help them better? To help them better. better. Okay, love that. Okay. To see where they are. To see where they're at. To see where they're at. I love that. You check in on them so you can help them check themselves and get better. All right. I love that. Yeah. Okay. One more. One more press. One more. One more. One more. What would the Sheila sitting here today? What one piece of advice would the Sheila of today give the Sheila of 20 years ago? Um, What would I give? That there's no rush. Mm. That 
everything will come at the right time. Jamaican time. Yes, Jamaican come on. time. <laughs> that's great can i just say you know i'm going to be really cheeky that i i i i i do some accents there's you know those who know me know it and i picked up a kind of rastafarian accent i can't say it was jamaican or not so it isn't particularly one state right but it was just like a rasta accent and i you know i, I picked up that one accent from just one movie steven seagal's mark for death <laughs> I watched that movie and man, them thing I rocked up. That, that accent, boy, you cut I really picked that up, you know. And I played that. I played that in a role. I played a gangster. I played all kind of role, you know. So that was my. I had to share. Yes, that, that sounds really authentic. <laughs> Just like the real stuff. You can't, you can't blame a boy for trying. That was my creative, adventurous, you know, teenage and 20, 20s. And, I oh, gosh. Me. It sounds very good, Prash. Sheila, you're too kind. Um, <laughs> you know, I was going to call you Sonia there for a second. <laughs> I'm going to have, at some stage, somewhere along this, along this journey, I'm going to have to hook you up with Sonia. And you, yeah. I should rap because she's doing hypnobirthing, right? She's an expert in hypnotherapy and birthing and this whole thing around hypnobirthing. You're doing the whole, there's got to be some sort of something there. And between her I'm life sure. in Florida and you up the road in Jamaica, <laughs> you know, something's got to happen. You know? yeah. <laughs> All right, Sheila, listen, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Folks, thank you for being with us till the end and humoring my erratic funny accents, all the other fun stuff. But on a serious note, we hope that having Sheila shared some of her insights will prove useful to you or someone that you know. And at the very least, it will allow you to get the insights to start to reclaim your personal power and to start to overcome your fear of fear and start to recognize that fear can be embraced and that it is light that we ultimately all come from and that we are. And that by recognizing that, we can start to dissolve that fear and live the life that we truly deserve. Sheila, thank you so much. Folks, thanks so much for listening. Peace out. Namaste. Okay. Prash, can I just say one oh. more thing? I know you've said goodbye. Just oh, no, my no, email please. address. Just my email address. Of course. <laughs> Sheila, how could I? How dare I? Sheila, yeah, where can if, we find out more about you? And where do we follow you? Twitter as well, I believe. Okay. So um, email, website is Sheila Price Brooks and it's Price with a Y. P-R-Y, yeah. Twitter is S, S Price Brooks. Instagram is Sheila Price Brooks. Facebook, Sheila Price Brooks. And send me a message. I'm really... Um, quite good at getting back to persons and I'm open to receiving anything, any suggestions, any concerns you have. Just send me a message. I'll get back to you. It's brilliant. We'll make sure that those details are in the notes for the show as well. And people okay. got to connect with you straight after. So once again, thanks, Sheila. Thanks for being on the show and shining your light for the audiences. And thank you for, 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 for being there and for inviting me. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Take care, Sheila. Folks, take care. 
Hey folks, thanks so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. And as with all our episodes, found something to inform, inspire and empower you in your personal and spiritual journeys in life. As always, feel free to leave a little love through your ratings and comments. Subscribe and share it with those you care about. And take your personal and spiritual evolution to the next level by joining us on one of our unique events, workshops, or retreats, or taking advantage of our personal and professional coaching packages. Find out more about us at mantratherapy.co.uk. I'm your host, Prash K. This is Urban Spirituality, and we will catch you on the next episode.